0: All right, uh, welcome back to Extra AI, your podcast series on AI and machine learning applications. Welcome back to this new year 2024. I hope uh, you all had a very enticing and energizing holiday break. Looking forward to having these interesting conversations with various different experts in the realm of AI. So today is the season eight opener and I have the privilege of uh, welcoming Dan Miller, the founder and lead tech analyst of Opus Research on our show. Dan is a very prominent figure in the AI community, known for his insightful analysis and forward-thinking perspectives on the technology's trajectory. In this season eight opener, we will be focusing on exploring the future of AI and generative AI with Dan. We'll be uh, discussing about his top predictions for the field, drawing from his extensive research and deep understanding of the industry's trends and potential. We'll also delve into what the next few years might hold for AI, examining how it will continue to transform industries, influence our daily lives, and push the boundaries of what's technologically possible. A brief overview about Dan Miller before I get into a little more details. Dan Miller founded Opus Research in 1986 and helped define conversational commerce through consulting engagements and by authoring scores of reports and advisories addressing different business opportunities that reside where automated speech and natural language processing leverage conversational AI, analytics and contact centers. Dan received his BA from Hampshire College and an MBA from Columbia University Graduate School of Business. So whether you are an AI enthusiast, a professional in the tech industry, or simply curious about the future of this rapidly evolving field, this season eight opener promises to offer a wealth of knowledge and foresight. As always, we'll provide you more information at the end of the podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Conversation with uh, Mr. Dan Piller. All right, uh, welcome back to our Extra AI podcast series, and today we have a we are going to have an interesting conversation on the future of AI and Gen AI. You know, there's a lot of buzz going on around that the last uh, few, I would say the last year that was since the inception of these uh, ChatGPT that happened in November 2022. So I have an interesting uh, uh, conversation uh, a few months back and I thought like uh, I'll invite uh, Dan Miller, the lead analyst and founder of Opus Research, to have a little more extended conversation on the topic. Welcome on board, Dan. Could you speak a few words about you, about your background, and how you are connected to AI. I know you have a lot of experience.
1: <laughs> sure, and thank you, and, and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, so I'm Dan Miller. Uh, I've been an analyst in new technologies since 1980, I hate to say, um, mm-hmm. but I don't want to go back that far. Um, what, I, what I'd like to discuss is you know, at, at my firm, Opus Research, which I founded back in 85 we coined a term called conversational access technologies around the turn of the century. And mm-hmm. that has evolved um, into something that uh, in 2012, we called conversational AI. Mm-hmm. And I think in this year, when everybody's looking at, at, at um, gener- you know, general AI um, and uh, generative AI and um, LLMs and that sort of thing. What we were thinking about when we coined the term conversational AI was sort of a subset of of general AI that focused on uh, improving conversations, which Mm -hmm. meant that there was attention to um, essentially natural language processing. So understanding what people say uh, or type into uh, chat windows and that sort of thing. Machine learning because it's ever improving and evolving and learning from the, the next set of input. And, and a lot of people say natural language processing is, is a subset of machine learning. And then the sort of analytics that you do to knowledge bases or to the conversations themselves, you know treating that as unstructured data that deserves more attention and can be used to refine future um, input. And, and we looked at it in two families. The, mm-hmm. And it was mostly around self service, uh, oh, okay. which was speech enabling IVRs. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, those are sort of the, I, I was a speech guy, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and that's where I come from. But um, it, it's just evolved so much and it's happening so fast. That's what makes this a very timely discussion. So I really appreciate this invite.
0: Great uh, uh, introduction there, uh, Dan, I believe. uh, So you've been in this uh, technology sector for a little over 35 years, and I know you have gone through a lot of these things and like you rightfully mentioned about uh, how this conversational AI and how generative AI as such the bigger topic is evolving over the last, uh, few years and you coming from this conversational AI and the speech technologies, any particular example that you would like to provide to our audience about your experience, whether it is professional or personal, (laughs) that you could see a profound impact and that has changed how we think how things are happening.
1: Sure. And, and I wanna focus in the sort of post uh, introduction of ChatGPT because mm-hmm. I think, and, and that's roughly a year ago. So in right. this past year, we have just seen an acceleration of the refresh of, of these underlying technologies that I haven't seen in the 35 years I've been following these technologies. And, and the profound impact is that access to what used to be a black box, the, these, mm-hmm. these um, generative resources, these, uh, the, the AI resources that understand what we say and seem to be able to anticipate it is now conversational. So ChatGPT and Claude and Bard and, and that whole right. cohort of resources enable people to converse directly with this thing <laughs> that, that helps them. So, and and as I was saying before, it falls into two categories. One is customer facing from our point of view. And the other is how employees are conversing with um, resources that are infused with the data that enterprise generate. So when you think of your question, (laughs) what what caused a profound change? Well, um, AI is everywhere now. It's conversational. So it's showing up in the form of co-pilots, assistants, uh agents, uh, that if you're an employee makes you more efficient at doing your job. Uh, or if you're a customer, uh you grow more and more confident that these things that manifest as bots going back a decade or whatever, um, now actually sort of understand or and are helpful. <laughs> so um, and and that's uh, it's a profound change. It's a change that many people haven't realized happened because there's still a lot of skepticism surrounding just how good these things are. But I think, you know, in your role at, at SAP and my role as an analyst, there's some pretty cool um, examples of, of, of a quote, bot unquote, or, you know, an assistant that's actually pretty good at, at, uh, completing tasks on, on my behalf or you know right. an employee's behalf.
0: Right, now that's a great way of uh, putting that, uh, Dan, I believe, uh, yes, these conversational assist- assistants have been on the rise and earlier, how you were interacting with the systems is now kind of changing with these conversational approach. And now when you add AI and generative AI in the mix, things are gonna be even more powerful. And I know uh, uh, we could see how these things are changing, how the people are uh, interacting. Earlier it used to be the technical folks or the tech geeks that used to interact, but now even the common man who's (laughs) completely uh, uh, out of the picture, but now they can also interact with the system, which makes it even more powerful.
1: Right. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, well yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm thinking when uh, Adobe, for instance, introduced something called Firefly or even when people first started u- using Mid-Journey or Hugging Face. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, I'm, I'm not a particularly artistic person, but I could I can now go somewhere and either type in instructions and say, <clears throat> well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll merge the Adobe observation it is um you know, one of their demos was if, if I uh, want to do a webcast, it involves a bunch of tasks. You know, there's the mm-hmm. scripting What are what are the proposed topics you're going to bring up. There's the promotional side of it is like, you know, could you, um, you know, what, how, what do you call out as the main takeaways, that sort of thing. There's sort of some kind of background graphic you might want to uh, generate. So in the process of Um, preparing for your podcast for instance you could go to a site describe what the topic is um, maybe even ask it for you know look at my calendar and tell me the best date to do it and 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 render an an invitation letter or some promotional thing on a landing page and it accelerates all those things and they're not going to be perfect which is why you want it to be conversational so you can like Look at the promotional uh, picture it generates and say, "Hey, the blues all wrong." Or I'd like a tree in there, and it does all that stuff. And and it's actually um, a good demonstration of something that just improves. You know, call, call it our personal workflows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a regular basis. And and you know, it's not widely used right now, but there's the folks that sort of understand where it can, you know, it doesn't replace them. The creativity is still coming from us, um, but it'll take a, a stab at, at, at sort of what, what you're looking for. And then you get to sort of tweak it in the form of a conversation. And that's gonna become more and more regular and, and happen fairly quickly.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. I know we are already getting into some interesting conversation, but I would like to take a quick break and then come back and get into the real meat of our conversation and pick your brains with some of these interesting topics
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: all right uh, welcome back so we are getting into an interesting conversation already so i would like to take a step back and first uh, get into these basic questions right like uh, and from your analyst hat, and you have been seeing technology evolve for the last 35 to 37 years plus, and then uh, you've been uh, one of these leading technologists and uh, analysts in this uh, field. How do you see, in a big picture, how do you see AI or now generative AI transforming these enterprises and consumer businesses? Uh, maybe if you can put it in a nutshell or something like that.
1: Sure. Well, There's an, if you think that there's, that solutions are organized into sort of uh, technology stacks Mm -hmm. and um, you know, that usually the IEEE or the ISO model where there are like, you know, five or seven layers of it, you know, starting with um, telephony or, you know, the wiring and then moving up to the software layer and the user interface, Um, there's now an AI layer. So AI is everywhere and mm-hmm. and the term's almost meaningless when you when you say something like that but you know whether it's a it's a customer encountering a how may i help you bot which used to only be capable of like serving static answers to faq's but now can look across um a, a company's entire knowledge base um and and craft responses that are relevant <laughs> Um, right. you know, to a, to a customer's need, um, you know, to there being an assistant in every bit of productivity software that that's out there. And, and, you know, there, there's this risk, it's going to be like clippy on steroids, but there's also the, the more tangible um, use cases where, whether it's a, a, a supervisor um you know typing in a question about, hey, what are the big you know where are my and, and I'm talking from a contact center sort of point of view, mm-hmm. but you know where where are my uh, agents performing best? where do they need some remediation um, there there's sort of an AI powered flavor to workforce optimization it, it could even impact scheduling and that sort of thing where it's just it's just having an impact throughout. Uh, throughout the enterprise, the other thing is um, there. There are solutions. E- every single conversation uh, between agents and customers is being captured. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there are Zoom meetings or uh, uh, any of the other uh, you know Teams meetings, every, all of those conversations are being captured, and it's now routine that they're transcribed and thanks to advancements in natural language processing, transcriptions are getting really accurate. And then mm-hmm. within the transcriptions, the ability to uh, summarize and extract insights that can be shared or can be used to sort of accelerate uh, employees finishing their tasks or you know, customers uh, completing their tasks. That's all routine now, or, and mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know we'll, we'll get into gee <laughs> what what's what's innovative how do people differentiate uh, we'll get to that but right now just to uh, run fast enough to stand in the same place competitively mm-hmm. it, um, it's just it's it's um, standard or there's an expectation. That our conversations are going to be transcribed, <laughs> summarized, and 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 um, and the ex- and the insights extracted uh, as triggers for next actions routinely, and that's a big deal.
0: Right, right. I completely agree with you about how we are now capturing all these conversations. In a much more easier way, whether it is in the Zoom meetings or in the Teams meetings. And so all this aspect of conversations that used to happen earlier outside, uh, those are now able that those are the things that you can easily trap them or transcribe them using the tools that are available. In your line of work, when you interact with a lot of these research. You do a lot of research and you talk with a lot of these technology firms or consumer firms. Maybe what are the top AI innovations that might be interesting for you as an analyst to watch, observe, and guide or advise these technology firms? Something for the audience to ponder upon.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. And I think this is where it shifts the spotlight to the data mm-hmm. itself. And and right. when we get to the takeaways, um, here's a preview. Um, what what's really important right now is that individual firms, you know, be they you know business to business or business to customer, or customer to business, as I like to think of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this this capturing conversations and merging it somehow. Um, with these LLMs and generative resources, you're looking at be, should be the focus right now. It, and and companies should are counselled to um, you know, look at perhaps their ability to we say you know be your own language modeler. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of attention paid to the providers of foundation models. The OpenAI, Google, Meta, uh, go down the list. Um, and foundation models have a role and, and that's something we're discovering quickly. Um, they're really good pattern recognizers. They're really good at composing, compelling prose or drawing a nice picture, you know, based on recognizing patterns and, and, and matching those patterns with sort of a, a query that's been captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, when it comes to the use cases that seem really important in the customer experience and customer care settings, those are use case driven, those are based on domain specific language models uh, and often company specific language models which Mm -hmm. are trained on, um, let's call it a a knowledge base or uh, something stored somewhere that is company specific, and um, you know what you have to pay attention to now is how that information is merged into the that conversational interface. Where if you're a customer, you're getting the relevant answer, and if if you're an employee, you know it's it's um, getting at the spec- yeah relevant answers specific. Um, not always accurate, which we'll talk about. <laughs> right, right. But, 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 accurate enough that you can, you know, if you are, you know, every, we're all subject matter experts. Think, think of, you know, what we've said earlier on this, um, where, in, in our discussion, where we're saying, hey, um, I as an individual can converse with um, this generative resource. Mm-hmm. When Chat GPT came on the scene. People, a year ago, people were saying, oh, there's a whole new category of employee. It's a it's a prompt engineer. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an engineer. That sounds very, very specific. It, it may just be someone uh, with a question. Uh, it could be a subject matter expert who can look at the result and say, hey, that's true, that's true, that's true. That That other thing isn't true. Call it a hallucination if you must. But, you know, sometimes this stuff isn't going to be totally accurate. I'm still necessary. <laughs> you know, my right. my uh, my domain expertise is is relevant in the new workflows that are emerging uh, that embed my company's data <laughs> with it, it. You know, with some uh, you know chosen large language model that helps you know craft the beginnings of a response, and and that's kind of where we're at, right?
0: Right. Beautiful. So taking one step back, I know you've phrased it very well that each of the companies now are working with some kind of a foundational model, mm-hmm. depending on the data that they have, depending on the repository of information they have, and how do you handle that repository of information and provide to the end customers or your customers' customer? Mm-hmm. And then how do you tweak that and provide the information? And there are Obviously, there are some challenges there uh, when we do this kind of a thing. Taking one step back and now understanding what are the typical challenges based by the customer? Are we are you seeing glimpses of information or glimpses of uh, thoughts out there when you are when you compare it with these internet revolution or the internet boom in the past, mm-hmm. seeing that everybody jumping onto this wave. Uh, right for the sake of uh, jumping or are you seeing that realistically, there are some uh, challenges that you are, uh, when you're researching or analyzing some of these firms. So yeah, could you, could you highlight a bit about what are the typical challenges that are faced and how, and why do you think that is a problem? And then how is generative AI gonna, or these <laughs> tools gonna help them solve?
1: Right. and And there's, there there's parallels that have been pointed out um mm-hmm. with maybe the web around the turn of the century um right. so there there's right. a new usage model for um people consuming quote the internet <laughs> a, mm-hmm. a browser made a big difference in the 90s and 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 all of a sudden um there um uh, there was a demand for companies to embrace a web-based strategy, it got distilled into the idea that, oh, everybody should have a storefront. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and trying to solve the e-commerce uh, challenges, um, a whole, Set of solution providers came along with you know how you build a storefront in you know five hours, and you know wh- how you organize your inventory information, where you put the so some some I won't call them standards, but some conventions emerged, and there was there was good knowledge that I ought to be doing this, mm-hmm. um, and then the 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 challenges came up and with the you know the actual execution. And um, that's where we're at right now. I would say, if we learn from the past, um, you you want to lean you as a an enterprise you know planner, uh, or you know the person in charge of the digital strategy digital transformation in your company, you want to work with a solution provider that addresses um the, the architectural issues that come up, you know, under, uh, you know, is there a trusted area where your company's data, including mm-hmm. the conversations with customers that include personal information, can intermingle with the appropriate uh, large language model, you know, foundation model, um, and, and in a way that's conformant with um, regulations that are emerging and a moving target themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But you know the the council that will emerge is lean on your solution provider for that. You know, be it SAP or Salesforce or Nice or Varun, you know, um, Zoom. Uh, you know, because they they have they are thinking about um, supporting your objective of you know being ethical, being private, you know. From the beginning, uh, if if they're worth doing business with, so it just becomes it it the the decision process, the addressing the challenge becomes a matter of doing your homework about what steps your you know your cloud service provider, your data storage people, your uh, CCAS um, company is taking to sort of do that heavy heavy lifting on your behalf because. Ninety-something percent of companies um, are going to turn to the cloud-based service provider, um, to, you know, just to go down the checklist and make sure that you know these nor- these perceived challenges are-, are addressed in a way that's kind of bulletproof.
0: Beautiful. I yes, I echo cool with your uh, sentiments and your thoughts about this. But now going further with this AI wave or the generative AI wave, I know we are seeing it is impacting the companies, uh, the firms that are getting under the bandwagon, uh, uh, whether implementing or investing in AI and generative AI solutions. I know this is going to be for the first few iterations or the first few years, it, it is definitely gonna impact their bottom line revenues yeah. or their operations. Why, how do you foresee a meaning uh, for, for uh, when you advise or when we, I think even for me, when we are discussing on some of these topics, I think uh, We obviously work on the business problem and then see where it makes sense to implement such and such a solution and how we can use performance optimization techniques so that we can really save costs. Any examples you would like to quote so that uh, before we get into the, I I, I definitely wanted to touch onto the ethics uh, and the other aspects, but before getting there, I thought I will quickly uh, pick your brain on these uh, aspects of costs and other things.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll get this in in the summary result, or you know, the summary statements mm-hmm. at, at the end as well. Um, but the, as you just alluded to, the justification for bringing Gen AI or LLMs into the workflows of your employees, the workflows of your customers, um, are directly tied to pre existing business objectives so you know so uh if if it's customer and and those fall into two categories one is automation so just out yeah. and out hey we we can automate things uh that used to be very human intensive mm-hmm. um and and you know there's just a broad list of everything from uh well in in the customer care category uh it used to be very um labor intensive to uh, even to employ the precursor technologies the these um natural language processing you know building language models for specific use cases meant um Going through voluminous amounts of conversations, figuring out what the high impact topics are <laughs> that that drive costs or interfere with completing tasks um, uh, or create a better customer experience. And now that's something that, a large, that, that that's something that took months of people work <laughs> to, to build, you know, to first detect what what mm-hmm. issues you're going to tackle to within that, to build the thesaurus of things that people say in that domain, uh, to then match it with the right results. And you're essentially building decision trees around creating a conversational interface that happens to be something that a large language model does really well, really quickly, at least, you know, looking at a voluminous, looking at all these conversations and saying, hey, you know, your utility, for instance, you know that you can handle ninety percent of interactions if you tackle, you know, service initiation, challenging a billing thing, reporting an outage. You know, you got it knocked. <laughs> and and um, there's just new ways of doing things that are using, doing that sort of thing that use Gen AI to very efficiently and very quickly get you to the next phase. <laughs> which is getting really, really interesting. And I'll I'll stick with the utility thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, you can handle 90% of things uh, with these eight topics, um, but what happens if something's out of bounds for those eight topics? It used to be, oh, on a monthly basis, we'll review and see what we weren't handling and maybe we'll create a new topic. And now we have our resources since we're capturing every conversation and have the ability to do analytics very quickly using these models, you, you, can, you can figure out or, and anticipate what that next problem is. It, it's no longer like there's the long tail <laughs> because mm-hmm. even in the long tail, there's like spiky things that happen. And these, these LL, these you know, sort of pattern matching things can see that anticipated faster than we humans can mm-hmm. and start remediation much more quickly and generate sort of new sets of responses that, you know, they're, they're not hardwiring, you know, it's either in, in conversation, you know, it's either inbounds or out of bounds. Um, it, it can bring more things into what's in bounds and have an answer for it. Much more quickly, and and that's the sort of thing that gets interesting.
0: Beautiful. I I think um, yes. I think you've rightly uh, uh, echoed some of these uh, thoughts and sentiments that I've uh, been looking into and thinking about as well. Let's now get into the. I know we are at the end of twenty twenty three. I know we're getting into twenty twenty four, and I believe. There's a lot of uh, interest or excitement getting into 2024 for all the right reasons, I would say. Whether yeah. it is uh, on the um, professional side or the personal side, or about a lot of things going on on, <laughs> Right, I like, can then you could see. I know um, there are a lot of predictions uh, about how things will turn up in 2024 on the AI side and gener- generative AI side. Having discussed about these things briefly, uh, uh, you gave a little glimpse of what is happening. What are your thoughts about how or what do you see as the top AI predictions for twenty twenty four and uh, more?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and this is sort of a softball question because um, yeah. you know I've given this a lot of thought. So mm-hmm. as I mentioned before. The pace of technology refresh with, with this stuff it, it's it's almost inconceivable. So the refresh cycle and the speed at which new solutions are possible um, mean that innovation will be will be lightning fast. And mm-hmm. there's things that you know I know there's supposed to be predictions there's things you can't predict except that you know that the underlying technologies for understanding, our intent whether we're an employee or a customer are just they're, they're becoming almost predictive it, it's fulfilling on that hey recognize what the customer wants um, uh, immediately or anticipate it and then respond quickly um that that that's within our reach and it just keeps getting better and better um the second is, um, and and we mentioned this before, AI, um, for better, yeah. and, and you know they they say hey for better and worse, you know there's there's boomers and doomers. Um, I think I, I think I'm I'm the I'm on the optimistic side, um, yeah. but AI infuses all of the uh, online or interactive resources that that we encounter and. You know that's almost not a prediction. it's already happening um but it it the the speed at, at which we humans assimilate that and and teach ourselves how to use it to our own advantage is going to accelerate as well and I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised at how well it answers our questions and, and and you know it's really subtle you know you go on a search engine now and mm-hmm. um we're already like five generations into how you know Google how how Google has brought its its AI its Gen AI chops into um, you know no longer just serving up little blue links but you know taking a stab at generating the answer as pros and then sourcing it um, and you know Bing's been doing that with uh, ChatGPT for a little bit right. longer but it it's we're changing the way we humans take control uh, right. conversationally of the AI that's out there. Uh, from a business point of view, attention's, and you brought this up a, a, like a few minutes ago, attention's gonna go to ROI really quickly. Right, um, right, right. now, we don't really know what, what the price <laughs> yeah. of, or even the pricing model for interacting with, um, the the llms is right now you know is is it going to be token based am i going to pay a flat fee and then be told when i'm going through it um uh so 2024 i i don't think by the end of 2024 we'll know how to build the business model that accurately (laughs) represents what i'm paying for this because we know how fabulously expensive it is to run the server farms and and scale up to the level of, of interactions that the that's going to take place in the cloud. Um, but but I think there, you know, there is one of the things that we're realizing is that um, choosing the LLM to use um, is going to be use case specific. Uh, the yeah. parallel I came up with is um, there's going to be so many LLMs are going to be like the streaming services for your TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> meaning that you know, you can sign up for, you know, a Peacock or Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus and maybe cancel one when your favorite show is, has run its course and add another one when they're bringing a, a sporting event that you want. But there, there's going to be a lot of agility <laughs> there, mm-hmm. which incidentally is an argument for working with a solution provider <laughs> that's sort of Kicking the tires and, and you know, seeing how appropriate which LLM is for what use case and, and we'll see also an emergence of providers of what I call big enough language models rather than large language models that are domain specific or co- company specific and um, yeah, we're we're at the early days of how that's going to sort out. Therefore, it's hard to do that ROI calculation, but um, that that'll come home to roost pretty mm-hmm. soon. Um, and then um, change management becomes very important uh, right. because new workflows are emerging both on the customer side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you're running a contact center with a lot of people sitting in seats staring at a screen to answer voice calls i think we're finally seeing a movement of the needle that that um sort of started during the, the pandemic where people were finding i don't want to spend a lot of time on hold when i can just sort of go onto the website website or something like that so um and ChatGPT is ChatGPT, meaning that it, it, it is primary, it, it was first and foremost text based, and we're only sorting out how it becomes mm-hmm. voice based at, at, at this point. Um, but we're going to see a lot of um, organic changes in how uh, humans behave uh, that will then dictate how companies respond to be most efficient at bringing gen AI into to sort of improve how they complete their tasks, which, which gets to some of the fundamental business metrics moving right. from sort of a, since we aren't gonna really understand the cost, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, moving towards something interesting like task completion and efficiency and the ability to augment uh, uh, ourselves, our employees, to to complete tasks more quickly, and you got to assume if you're saving time, you're you're saving money in in this um, context, and we'll right. see.
0: Right, right. No, I think there are some of these great uh, 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 predictions, or I would say some of them are like uh, like you said, some of them can happen in 2024. Some will take a little more time. I particularly liked your analogy of um, comparing the LLMs with the streaming services of how we can stream a particular service and leverage that particular streaming service for a particular program. And of course, now those streaming services would also be inherently using some kind of a large language model, I believe. And that will be... I (laughs) do too. So, but that that analogy, I really a lighter analogy and then we see many of these enterprise firms or consumer firms will have to adapt on how you can uh, simultaneously use these different LLM providers, which is where now the next question comes, right? Like how, yes, I would like to understand these effectiveness of the LLMs <laughs> that are generating your uh, yeah. models or the text, now I know we just started with the text, but very soon, the of course, voice generation is also yeah. happening. Tabular generation models are also there, but yeah. I know there are Co- still a Co- lot generation. of hallucinations. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts about that? Because we will still have some hallucinations and how do we yeah. work on the effectiveness? I know there is there are a lot of things going on out <laughs> there,
1: but any thoughts on that? Oh, I have so many thoughts. So it's a moving target. And we know from talking to the the firms that we work with that even mm-hmm. if you've chosen the LL, you know you've chosen done testing with an LLM, uh, run traffic through it, uh, yeah. the responses change from from day to day, week to week. So um, if you're in a regulated industry, for instance, uh, where where you have to explain the results that you're getting mm. um, you know hallucinations get brought up you know sometimes things are just out and out wrong but other times and and here I'll, I'll I'll bring up you know financial services for instance if there has to be a binary outcome you know somebody applies for a loan these ais have proven to be really good at, at filling in forms <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. rather than having people go sequentially through, um, you know, the AI would already know, like their name, address, account number, a bunch of things they don't have to input. And then could get to build a narrative about um, creditworthiness, if you will, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. return a yay or nay on a loan. Um, you, you really want Consistency and correctness at scale,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: yet um, a large language model—a a, you know a, a transformer-based, uh, well, anything built um, to to provide these responses is is built on a, a neural network that has like an invisible layer in there that is not transparent, so mm-hmm. uh, you can't hardwire it. Uh, to get the exact same result every time. So what we're going after is predictability and explainability, right. which means, and here's where I'll try to answer your question, um, uh, it, it just requires constant testing. And, and, right. uh, uh, and it's still stochastic. So if a regulator comes in and you say, hey, 90, <laughs> we ran we a lot of traffic. We can explain it to this degree we ran a lot of traffic here and 99 point whatever percent it's been correct. Um, and it's better than a human. (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and you just build into these new workflows, um, that, that review cycle, um, and, and whatever procedures you have, uh, to, about you know you do have to constantly evaluate the results you're going to get from the LLM you've chosen you're well counseled to look at you know to keep your ears open or to look at alternatives um and um and and you know there's another dimension is you know open ai started out open <laughs> is more accurately like closed ai and they're figuring out you know they they know how much it costs you know to to run these queries through them, Uh, you know, Meta has an open model. So, so, you know, one of the other considerations as you're looking at the, what you're calling the effectiveness of LLMs and Gen AI Mm -hmm. is also um, the, you know, sort of the terms and conditions under which you use them. Among them is is hey, some of these are are going to be open source, and in some use cases, that may be preferable um that you, you know you're building a community um th- there's several solution providers I think Zoom is among them uh, nice where they they say they're taking a federated approach to how they are employing l l m so they don't have to choose you know you as a customer don't have to choose among the LLMs you're gonna deploy, they're gonna continuously evaluate. And I know Baron does the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna have in-house relationships with a, a select group, and they'll be constantly running traffic through to see who's coming up with the best result. And and this is where things get scary. The, the um, you can use Gen I to check. Or, or you can use yes. You can use a Gen AI resource to evaluate the output of another Gen AI resource, so that mm-hmm. you can at least say I have you know I have layers where I'm doing adaptive uh, tweaking of the results of the, this one I chose. So um, we're just sorting this out, but but it's going to be a multiple LLM approach and probably one that moves more towards domain specific. Um, uh, training material, right, right. I, I
0: think I, yeah, that's a scary thought, right? Like you've put, like, GenAI uh, evaluating a Gen AI output. But of course, that is that might be a still a little, uh, a little away in the future. In the meanwhile, I think that yeah. we will. This is where we will still have the humans evaluating some of these yes. to address some of these hallucinations. This is where I think the important topic of AI safety and regulations might come into play. And I know the EU is ahead of the game, at least on this aspect of defining AI safety and AI regulations. There is always this burning question, right? Like, does innovation slow down with the regulations or is it needed? What are your brief thoughts on that? (laughs) i know i know well, I, th- th- I think it's, the th- answer it's a very really tough
1: question yeah right well the answer is it, you know is both i mean um, regulations will always be be reactive if you will and and the regulators are behind what the technologists are capable of doing which is why what's important now are the individuals that are stepping forward and saying we need we need to put you know, call it common sense mm-hmm. safeguards uh, from the beginning with, um, you know, as as we design our models, as we design our solutions. Uh, and it'll be a combination of the two, meaning that um, you, the evolution of regulation on a global level is like watching a slow motion uh, train. <laughs> I won't say train wreck, <laughs> but but it, it's it's just moving along. You right. can kind of predict where they're gonna end up, and it's up to the technologists that that really get it to say no. We we built these safeguards in. You know, data is encrypted at at both endpoints and in the middle, and we don't store it. You know, you're you're gonna um, well you, well you'll see this from the innovative solution providers. Uh, there's, they're going to be telling their sophisticated customers that we're addressing this already. <laughs> Your data doesn't intermingle with ours. We have a bot that can redact personal information um, uh, because the decision makers at the enterprise level, they only – well, because it's competitive <laughs> – uh, they're going to have ideas planted in their head where they'll have this checklist of questions. What are you doing about hallucination? What are you doing to protect my private data? How is this trust? How Do you have a trust layer where I'm not, you're not intermingling? Uh, you know, when you say federated, you don't mean that you're using my stuff to train your thing and, and on and on and on. So, um, you know, you counsel the purchasers to have those questions themselves. And you you I, I guess have confidence that that legitimate solution providers are addressing those things already. And um and and then you get into another set of questions. You know, what about bad actors? And you get into right. the long right. discussion of any new technology has about as many malign uses as it has beneficial uses. And it you know that has to be taken into account, but it's kind of noise in the universe as you, you know, person in charge of your company's deployment strategy, you have your list of what, you know, your industry requires uh, on a common sense basis. And that's what you look for as a as a practical solution. Right, right.
0: No, I completely agree with uh, what you're saying. I think there will be some bad actors out there, but I think we have to first focus on that is the reason and how you get the things in place, put all this AI safety and regulations and all. I know we are getting top of the hour, but I would like to yeah. bring up with this one important question, or which I term as the million dollar or billion dollar question. You know, you talk with a lot of firms and a lot of analysis, and you've been there uh, as a senior advisor. What is your guidance, or what? Do you, what, what? How? How do you advise? Uh, any firm, like how do you differentiate yourself, whether it is for a firm or an individual, because there's a lot of right. competition out there.
1: Correct. and and um, So it's getting really simple. You have to focus on the data because mm-hmm. what, and your own data. So if, if I'm Uh, talking to a solution provider, like I'm saying now, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. their differentiation is how how they bulletproof their solutions to address, you know, the specific needs of their customers and their customers' customers. So that that sounds pretty generic, but Mm -hmm. where it it becomes ungeneric and a a point of differentiation is that you're trying to show um, enterprises how to leverage, you know, how to capture all of these conversations, these co- what we call conversational AI, and then develop their own domain specific, company specific language models so that they're very proficient in bringing them into the workflows of both the customers and, and the employees. And it's no different from the pre Gen AI period. <laughs> You know, it still gets down to your branding, the the quality of the conversations you have with your customers, uh, the the efficiency that you bring these uh, co-pilots, whatever you want to call them, uh, mm. to provide the the accurate information from your data in in you know, in not just by use case, but by actual conversation, and and um, that should be what you should be aiming for.
0: Yes, yeah, the data is the key key aspect when we talk about all this AI and generative AI. I know it's great chatting with you. Any closing <laughs> <I> remarks? <quickly. laughs> any any? I know, I know it went very quickly. Uh, so,
1: any closing remarks that you would like to provide to our audience? Um, uh, yeah, I, I'll sound repetitive here, but I mean, change is happening really quickly, and, and and I think one of the important things to do, and this is our Shameless plug, <laughs> you know you can you can uh, you know visit uh, opusresearch.net. That that's our company's. I think you know it's a, a glorified right. blog, but it, it's where we're you know getting our thoughts down and and trying to describe uh, how it ought to be. I guess uh, as 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 all of these technologies. That I, I used to write about, and people would say, oh, that's all in the future. And now we're getting questions that say, oh, how do I do this? And how do I do this correctly? Mm. So um, opusresearch.net is, is our homepage. Uh on Twitter, X uh I'm DNM54. Um and but yeah, those are problems, and LinkedIn has served as a good right, thing I'm right. Dan Miller. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Um, uh, and yeah, just what, fasten your seatbelts. I guess is the chief counsel because mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, a, AI is happening, <laughs> and a lot of it, um, you know, it's it's on us to make sure that as it as it is implemented, it's it's in a way that's consistent with your enterprise's objectives, that it scales, um, and that you. Keep people in the loop initially because we're just at the beginning. Right. Even though I said changes are happening quickly, how we uh, humans in the enterprise settings are able to assimilate it—this is very early days. And as you mentioned, Raghu, with its—we're—it's um, it, 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 a year's process. You know, probably three-year process to you know get to some sort of steady state where we're doing this right. True.
0: True. Great having this conversation with you, Dan. And we'll I'd like to have you over sometime soon again.
1: Thank you. Perfect. Thank you.
0: All right. Uh, let us now wrap up this season eight nerd by first thanking Mr. Dan Miller, the founder and lead tech analyst of Opus Research for joining us today and providing his insights into the future of AI and generative AI. He also provided some top AI predictions, which have been captivating, not only captivating, but also invaluable in understanding the trajectory of these transformative uh, technologies, whether it is AI, generative AI, or so on and so forth. If you would like to understand more or engage with uh, Mr. Dan Miller directly, you can reach out to him on the LinkedIn post that I'll be putting across. Alternatively, you can also reach out to me, Ragu and I can put you in touch with him. As always, keep sending those interesting feedback and interesting questions on the various other social media channels, and you know how to reach out to me, Ragu on LinkedIn, or on my X handle or Twitter handle, RKBanda. Alternatively, you can also reach out me on my website, extraai.com, xtraai.com, and provide your feedback. There are, as you all know, there's humongous amount of information out there. There are a lot of podcasts out there in the realm of AI. So feel free to uh, explore that and provide any feedback or provide any questions that you might have. And finally, to you all, the audience of Extra AI, thank you for tuning in and embarking on another season of exploration and discovery with us. Your curiosity and engagement are the driving forces behind our ongoing journey into the depths of AI innovation. As we move forward in this season, remember that this is just the beginning. We have many more interesting and engaging conversations and expert insights lined up for you. So stay with us as we continue to delve into the fascinating world of AI, uncovering new trends, Breakthroughs and discussions that shape our understanding of technology and its impact on our lives. Thank you all once again. Keep questioning, keep learning, and stay tuned for more interesting episodes of Extra AI. Here's to a season filled with enlightening discussions and groundbreaking insights. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Thank you and bye bye now. This is your host, Raghu Banda, off.